Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit w2mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. The Price is Right, Deep Dive, will not be seen tonight, so that we may bring you this feature W2M Net presentation. Hi, everyone. <laughs> you know, y'all are going to get real sick of seeing me on this network, especially given the fact that there's a third one in the works. <laughs> I'll drink to that. Good evening, afternoon, whenever you happen to be listening, and welcome to Life is Like a Game Show, the official launch here on the W2M Network. I am one of your co-hosts, not the host specifically, but one of your co-hosts. I am, of course, the voice of reason, Harry Broadhurst, yes, audio, visual cue on an audio, oh wait, we're on YouTube now, never mind. <laughs> I, my name is Harry Broadhurst. Joining me, as per usual, on almost all of my podcast endeavors, he is the DSDO. He is the executive producer. He is Eric Watkins. This is three in a row. And for those of you brave enough to sit through the R&R Sports Report that was not on Twitch, this is a fourth straight night that you've seen my face. You're welcome. Yeah. Yes, folks, we are live on Facebook and Twitch for the official episodic premiere of Life is Like a Game Show as well. So greetings and salutations to everybody watching. Remember to check out and add your comments to the show, and if we have an opportunity to get to them, we will be happy to discuss them, because we have quite the situation to get into with it. The Mike Richards saga. And dun, dun, dun. Dramatic reverb! <laughs> It wasn't supposed to start like this. The second voice you heard there is the man that you heard on our greatest game show ever tournament edition. The prelude to Life is Like a Game Show. He is JTN. He is Jonathan Nielsen. Hello, and the third person over on the other side is you know his microphone. Thank you. <laughs> the joys of recording from the same room. Yes, I am sort of your historian tonight, and oh, this is official bullshit, so I have to look all official. I do appreciate you dressing up for the occasion. I am, however, in a t-shirt that says adulting, one star. I don't think there could be a more befitting um, stark difference, could there? Well, if we're dressing down Mike Richards, I figured I have to dress up to properly dress him down. Yeah, seriously, if you guys get a chance... Check out last night's kickoff episode and make sure you stay tuned to the very last segment. You'll know what I mean when you get there. Yeah, and um, as Dave Chappelle once said at the beginning of his show, better not bring your kids. <laughs> better me. not bring your kids. I believe he is also famous for saying, fuck your couch. <laughs> 
in this case, we're referring to you, Mike Richards. Anyways, the other voice you just heard. <laughs> the other voice you just heard is the newest member of Life is Like a Game Show. He is Brian Espinoza. Hello. Oh, so Wait. now you don't say anything. I, what the hell do you want me to say? I'm not used to podcasts. <laughs> All right, so you guys are all familiar with the story if you're listening to this show. You know what happened with Mike Richards. You know the fact that he was named the new Jeopardy host. And then some things came out, and he was not the new Jeopardy host. And then he wasn't working for Jeopardy at all. But this isn't the first time he's had a tumultuous run at a game show. Unfortunately, given the fact that this isn't Super Jeopardy, and there can only be three participants in this particular broadcast, I am going to have to see myself out at this moment. Mr. Watkins, the hosting floor is yours. Gentlemen, I look forward to listening. <laughs> All right. Well, as Harry mentioned, we have like the three of us here. For those in the know, yes. To put it bluntly, Mike Richards done fucked up. And for those not in the know, well, it's one thing to double dip when you've got chips and salsa. It's another thing to double dip when you're executive producer and new host of arguably one of those eventable game shows of all time, replacing a legend who, thankfully, had the stage named after him. And you, know, you also double dip without a lifeline. More on that show later. If I can also quote a popular meme here, he done fucked up, A.A. Ron! Um, yeah, again, I'm just saying, you know, nine to one odds, hashtag that on Bovada, Aaron, looking good, looking good. And so, with the mere days after his announcement and getting only one week of tapings under his belt, Mike Richards went from being on top of the mountain to belaying his way from the bottom of base camp as he is out the door. Yeah, yeah. You th it, for those of you who watched the kickoff, you thought last night was salty. You ain't seen nothing yet. That's, so, that's, that's an industrial size thing of salt he's holding, too. For that's still reason. not enough. No. For good reason. Yeah. Game show community be salty, yo. <laughs> so... Let's start off, Mike Richards, with the full history. Let's go all the way back. The way back machine. Call Mr. <laughs> First show you produced, Friends or Lovers. Ever watched that, anybody? Why do I vaguely remember that show? The Y2K. Um, according to IMDb, yeah, we've upped our credible source <laughs> from Wikipedia for this one. Guy gets cheating by picture and admits he smokes weed on TV. Girl takes him back. <sighs> Mike Richards did worse. Yeah, and you think, it wasn't just a crazy 2000 TV shows, which it was already a very weird, strange time 
in society as a whole. Here's here's the problem with two thousand game shows, right? It's it. You had two types of game shows in the two thousands. This is very well established. You either had the million dollar primetime shows, see your millionaire, your power of ten, etc., or you had your five thousand dollar weekday afternoon shows, your supermarket sweeps, your shop till you drops, etc. So. Friends or Lovers feels like it was one of those weekday 4.30 p.m. death slot up against local news. Nobody probably watched it kind of things. Yeah, like one part game show, one part getting into your Survivor Big Brother, which, yes, Rancid Randy, not game shows. But no, I, I, yeah, no, I don't, I can't classify reality shows as game shows. That's that's why we voted him off early in the practice. <laughs> so let's go to something we actually know where he was a segment producer and now we could truly say he is the weakest link goodbye. How All right, so it's so it's it's of note here that he was a contestant segment producer, and if my actual background in television can understand what the hell that means, it probably means that all he was in charge of doing was those, like, five-second in the middle of the game, or in the middle of the show, contestant interviews where they talk about, oh, I should have voted XYZ person off. In the grand, long scheme of things, very insignificant. I doubt that he had any actual control over anything on the show. And if he did, I'm sure Ann Robinson would have torn him a new arsehole. I, yes, I, 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 I had to go with the British pronunciation of arsehole. See, see, <laughs> see, even Brian knows we cater to an international audience here. Oh, but he was senior producer of another show. This was effectively the male version of The View called The Other Half from 01 to 03. Yeah. I'm going to, in the, in the uh, getting to that later theme of things, I'll take game shows that I've never heard of for oh, 400, Alex. That wasn't a game show. That was a talk show. Eve, it, there's my point. Yeah. If I remember correctly, Dick Clark, Mario Lopez, two others. More on Dick Clark Productions later. Oh, please don't tell me he worked with Dick Clark. That's just. He worked with Dick Clark Productions. Ah, damn it. DBT exclusive awards? Producer of a TV special, the fifth annual Family Television Awards TV special producer, a TV series called Bloopers, the sixth annual Family Television Awards, Greatest Moments 2004, supervising producer of a TV movie called Celebrity Debut. Okay, let's get back to reality shows. Beauty and the Geek he was a producer for. Ugh. 
I mean, even us diehards barely remember something like Beauty and the Geek. So let, let, let's be realistic. So right now, we're so, basically so, saying it's a whole bunch of nothing. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Right now, this guy's got a whole bunch of line item resume fodder, and that's about it. Oh. This guy's got resume padding and nothing significant. Yeah, it is kind of padding, especially when you're only a correspondent on the 2005 edition of Dick Clark, New Year's Rockin' E 2005. He was actually a correspondent that year? I mean, damn. The primetime version. Oh, oh, no wonder. Who really watches the primetime version? Hmm. Well, he actually was credited both, so that primetime was probably re-aired on the actual. Mm. Again, more resume fodder. I thought they separated primetime as the before the news break and then after the news break. Recorded segments would be recorded? They don't do recorded segments for New Year's Rock and Eve. Are you, what were you, born in 2000 or something? Oh, um, it, <laughs> about that. And yeah, especially once you go to the late night going further after the ball. Pacific New Year's, etc. Oh, the host had to step away. The roommates are left alone. Oh, oh, this can never end well. You ever watch the TV series Dailies from 2008 to 2006? Because I sure didn't. I don't even know what you're talking about. And I, I, I know quite a like that is my area of expertise is the 2000s game shows and that's half of this stuff that that you're mentioning that he's worked on it's probably like half season wonders resume fodder i i, I, I uh, oh well hmm. okay so let me just ramble through the fodder real fast just to get it out of the way before we get to actual game show content <clears throat> 2013 a winner of the outstanding game show daytime emmy 43rd annual daytime emmys 2016 winner of the outstanding game show and daytime emmy he appeared on an episode of the wgn morning news in 2017 an episode of the talk in 2017 hang on that deserves a drink So not only was he dealing with a part of the other half, he at least stayed within the CBS family of shows for the talk. Uh, Hollywood Today Live, he appeared on as himself. Home and Family TV series, he appeared a couple times there. He is involved with the daytime Emmys Red Carpet Live in 18, on the actual show itself. Winning Outstanding Game Show in 18. Ooh, All Excess Past the Price is Right cover story documentary in 18. <laughs> More on the price later. <laughs> Unsung Hollywood with Wayne Brady as himself. A uh, couple times on today in 2020 and 2021. Hmm, I wonder why. Hmm. Entertainment Tonight. 
Hmm, I wonder why. Starting to sense a theme here with this part of it. <laughs> Anything that is not a game show. Uh, no, we're in the game show talk, finally. Randy, uh, yes. Ranted, Randy, we already mentioned your shout-out. Look, we're going to get to the results of the brackets, but, you know, news and whatnot. Where's that good-looking bracket maker guy? Yeah, uh, about that. Dot, I think dot, he dot. missed the thing at the beginning where that continuity announcer said about, you know, there's a special presentation this evening. Yeah, deep dives coming later. Unfortunately, we got preempted by news. Like every game show ends up getting preempted by important news. Or something, anything, really, yeah. All right, so let's let's get into this guy's like actual first bona fide foray into game shows. GSN's Pyramid. No, he stole my thunder. In 2012. Now, do you have you guys ever even seen GSN's Pyramid in 2012? Because that was pretty big news when they when they said that they were rebooting that. Like, oh crap, he's doing something that hasn't been done since the 80s and 90s. Wait, he's back with Dick Clark Productions after seven years? Hmm. The set looks right. Colors are bright. Set's still huge. Winter Circle's still untouched. Trilons are digital. Okay, I can live with that. Rules and timing are back to usual instead of Donnie Mid. We got a legit show. Who Nick, he, he rocked it. He, 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 what? Yeah. Yeah, he rocked it. I have to disagree. Uh, I did. I don't think he did a good job with Pyramid. Look, now granted, I did not see a whole, whole lot. But from what I did see, I'm with John on this one. I thought he had the chops. He did great. He did great. I don't know. Maybe maybe I I got pilotitis did, which which tends to happen sometimes. But I saw the pilot, and I was like, uh, uh-uh, I'm not watching this. That... Well, well, there's your problem. That's exactly what happened. You can't just judge it solely based on the pilot. You know I, I mean, I mean, when they put the pilot up as the first episode of the season. I think that somebody thought the pilot was good enough, so. Allow me to come in and do some bartering with you. Because while he was doing the pyramid, he was also involved as executive producer of another show hosted by that man, Wayne Brady, we talked about. Shall we make a deal? Oh yeah, two thousand and nine is is when he uh, started uh, when he took over on that or somewhere around that that uh that oh nine to eighteen correct yeah right right when uh, deal was starting to you know, go down the crap hole yeah what I'm sorry I, I thought we were gonna be the salty ones tonight see Judge John disagrees. Judge John disagrees with everything. But if it be, especially, yes, first season or so, 
little bit rough, but come on. Especially Wayne Brady, they started getting into no, it. No, 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 no. Okay, so, so Wayne, Wayne Brady and, and Jonathan Mangum were fucking killing it. Mm -hmm. Am I allowed to curse? I'm pretty sure I'm allowed to curse. After last night, yes. Okay. Yeah, they 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 fucking killed it, man. Like I loved it, but I don't know. It was like right around Drew era, which, if I'm not mistaken, was what 2012, 2013, something like that. Was uh, was was when Drew showed up. Might have been a little bit earlier. That's when it kind of took a dive. And it doesn't surprise me that that Richards was was at the helm for that. Oh seven was when Drew took place. Yeah, as I'm about to say, it was like earlier than that. Plus, oh come on, taking a dive when I mean realistically, my my timeline must be off tonight. Yeah, the, the salt's all getting in the way. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I need to you know reach around and grab the salt container. <laughs> but I mean, honestly. On your left. I don't. I don't actually need the salt container. Thanks for trying to pass it to me. You're the one who asked for it, but even though yes, just like how they had to make all kinds of wholesale changes during the pandemic, the last couple of years of deal haven't really been the best. But you got to say, especially going into the 2010s, firing on all cylinders for the most part. As we said in the brackets, it takes a while for a new host to make the show their own. We saw this first with Prices Right. Let's make a deal. Monty Hall and Wayne Brady are not the same people. Damn. But when Monty Hall and Hato's Hall Productions gives you the thumbs up, that's good enough for me. That is a legit passing of the baton. Plus, Monty couldn't do the show forever, man. Oh, oh no, I, I don't disagree with you there. It was just like how Bob Barker wasn't going to do the show forever. I'm I'm sure Alex probably would have retired in the next couple of years if he, you know, hadn't unfortunately passed away. Well, I mean, he kind of, in a lot of ways, called his own shot because for years, when they were asking Alex what he's going to be doing mm -hmm. after. Remember when he went on stage? Sad, but very prophetic. Mm -hmm. Well, and literally, and literally, yes, he said uh, he would not quit. And I would, dude, they gave you the proper Michael Larson. He's going to keep going. <laughs> he he did do the, uh, the, the or, uh, wow, I lost my train of thought for about half of a second there. Uh, we almost had another big Sony, or let me, let me rephrase that, Sony Pictures Entertainment, television, whatever sub-arm they're going through these days. Sony almost, Pictures Television. Again, there's so many freaking subdivisions of Sony. Um, yeah, they, they almost had two crises, 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 there we go, on their hands. Um <laughs> Yeah, Pat Sajak almost didn't renew his contract. They, uh, they, they, they threw the vault at him. They threw the PS5 vault of money at him. I, I, I mean, when you're in this situation, wouldn't you? 
because I, oh, now no, I you've don't got disagree. all those sorts of extra shoes to fill. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't disagree. I mean, obviously, that's that's more we'll we'll get into a little bit later on in, in the night, hopefully. But yeah, no, that's yeah. Uh, some of these hosts can't run for forever, and you have to sit there and think, okay, well, when do they call it quits? And that's pretty much what early 2010s were. Uh, was the new hosts and the new generation getting into the stride of it. So, so since we mentioned some of these, let me get them officially mentioned here. Co-executive producer of The Price is Right from 09 to 18. Also executive producer of two episodes of a TV series documentary on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire in 2000. Executive producer of two episodes of GSN Chain Reaction in 21. And ironically enough, speaking of Wheel of Fortune, eight episodes of Celebrity Wheel. That brings us to some more who actual who wants to be a millionaire. Again, more in the hot seat series of there. Then we got Jeopardy as a consulting producer and executive producer. And executive producer of the Teachers Week, among other episodes of Wheel of Fortune. There, you have the man's full history, excluding some TV series called Divided that I never heard of, and some oddball here and there little things. So oh, basically, he actually appeared on two episodes of The Bold and the Beautiful. So basically, mm -hmm. from a whole bunch of nothing, he somehow find, found a way to. I guess you could call it fail up. He got promoted out of problems, basically, it sounds like, in some way. That's pretty much what this this history I, is reading. I, I think this is more of a... Uh, he made friends with the right people, because that's typically how Hollywood works. I mean, you're not really wrong. They always say it's not what you know, it's who you know. Boy, was this applicable. And, and, and to me, in some ways, this is kind of painful because before all this came out, I thought, all right, Mike Richards, yeah, issues, I get it. Not that bad. Decent host. Little bit of grandizing during his stint as a guest host of Jeopardy, but I was like, okay, I could kind of see him and get used to him on my TV screen every night. Then shit met fan. Oh, this article is good. Um, pardon while I do a uh, excerpt from Esquire website this article is dated yesterday september 15th an expert on hiring bias when he said on jeffrey's mike richards controversy and ironically enough the headline videos look back at alex Trebek's incredible career going back to high rollers days and wizard of odds well done site well done <clears throat> 
When Jeopardy announced in August that executive producer Mike Richards would take over as the show's permanent host, many viewers shared the same reaction. Typical. Some felt the anointment of a white man stemmed from Sony's refusal to see women and people of color as real contenders and accused Richards of pulling a Dick Cheney, meaning leading a hiring committee through an arduous recruitment process, only to hire himself. <clears throat> Academia. <clears throat> Others just felt tricked. What was the point of Jeffrey's exciting, highly public con guest host carousal if the show is always going to hire an insider? When Mike Richards was removed from the job following a damaging report about his history of using offensive and discriminatory language, it was a predictable outcome, what seemed to confirm so many viewers suspected. Another day, Another problematic white man flaming out his high-profile gig. Case closed. And that's just the first paragraph of it. Oh! And we'll put the link available for you guys to read the whole article later. Yeah, As a non-white man of the team, Eric, I think you're most qualified to speak first on this. Okay, um... Wow, that was a lot to unpack. Number one, I get it. Because when everybody was in the guest host rotation, you had a lot of LeVar Burton stands come out in force. Even I was saying, hey, even though oh, he's yeah. not you know, openly campaigning or stuff, give the man a shot. So when the news came out with Mike Richards, I can see where the main point of the that part of the article is coming from. It just we we can we can touch more on guest hosts in a minute, but I was not impressed by Levar Burton. I do want to put that on record. Well, yeah, I, I mean, again, I wasn't impressed by him either. I think it really wasn't his style. I get that, but going to the context of the article, and I even had good friends that posted when this news came out. Their exact words. It sounds like you're saying not too many black people can have game shows. So I get where it's coming from. But even with all that, that's still a mighty sensitive nerve. I see the point, but ah, uh, going there in this climate. I, I think I think the article was written in good intent, but the editorial focus is clearly clickbaity. I bang, think that's bang, probably shots fired. Bang bang, shots fired. Uh, I, I think that's the best way to put it. You have to put it mildly. I'm with that because ooh, ooh, I the card and yeah, like going back to Harry's comment. Yeah, shit hit fan, shit met fan violently in that article. Oh, that's just a sampling of some of the backlash that's been going on. Yeah, I, I haven't I haven't read that yet, so that's definitely something I will have to, to read afterward. Oh, I'm doing the search live. I'm just looking for, hey, it was actually pertinent to what we are talking about at the time. So uh, according to People magazine, Jeopardy a former Jeopardy contestant, the show isn't releasing photos of competitors of Mike Richards. Hmm, interesting.
this coming from the Tweety Box, of all places, Samit Sarkor's Twitter. Proud of, first, Proud announced will be on the September 17th episode of Jeopardy. First week of the new season. Dubious distinction of being one of the 11 contestants in history to have taped with Mike Richards as permanent, air quotes, host. For I, further tweet, BTW Jeopardy contestants typically get two photos, one with the host, one with the headshot. We each took a photo of Mike, but we're only sent the headshot. Hmm. Seems kind of sus. I, I mean, I'm not at all surprised at any of that. And I think that it's definitely a uh, very dubious distinction indeed. Uh, I was one of 11 people that got to uh, do uh, taping with this one guy who's been utterly disgraced and really should have never been on the air, but it really wouldn't have been unfair to the contestants who had played and won money for their episodes to not get aired. I mean, I mean, Sony could have definitely just sat there, cut them their check and you know been done with it because that's definitely what's happened on on game shows in the past when something goes you know unusually wrong or they can't air an episode but the person played anyways you know that's that standards and practices we got laws for this kind of stuff people little did you know there was a whole you know quiz scandal. there was a whole there was a whole you know decade of scandals over this stuff we have laws in place uh, yeah, these game shows they have to pay out, but they're not they're not required or obliged to air the results. So I, I am I, I have to say I'm genuinely surprised, but I'm also it was the right thing to do for Jeopardy to air the the Richards episodes with those contestants because they could have definitely you know, swept it under the rug and said, hey, here's, you know, here's your money. Sorry, we're not going to air you because of Mike Richards. Have a nice day. But, but, but here's, leave it for a reason. Go ahead, though. Here's the rub. Here's the rub. It all comes down to our current champion, Amodio. If Amodio wasn't the second highest money winning, or sorry, the third highest money winning champion right now behind, you know, one of our hosts and, oh my God, I'm blanking on his name. I, I want to say Hulls Howard. I know it's not Hulls Howard. It's, it's not, not Hulls Howard. God, I'm a bad game show fan. Brad Rudder, yeah, Rudder. So, so if, if it wasn't for the fact that Amodio is trailing Rudder right now, has already beat Holeshauer, um, I think if it was just some, you know, Joe Blow no-name champion or some two-day champion or, or something like that, yeah, I think they could have swept it under the rug. I think they actually would have swept it under the rug said, hey, congratulations, in reality, you're a six-day champion, whatever. Um, but 
on air, we're going to call you a one-day champion because Mike Richards doesn't exist. Yes, you get all the money that you earned in the five days that he hosted, but we're not counting any of that on air. I, I think that's something that could have been done. If it was not champions, yeah, I, I think that's something that could have been done if it wasn't if it was any champion other than Emodio. Yeah, or, or however you pronounce like his name, because I'm sure somebody on somebody out there in, in Facebook land or Twitter or somewhere is probably gonna send me a tweet or Discord or something telling me I'm saying it wrong. But if it wasn't for the fact that we have one of we, we, we have a potential record setting champion right now, this the, the Mike Richards would have never seen the light of day as a host. I think this would have gotten all swept under the rug by by Sony. People would have got their silent paychecks. They would have signed a, a non-disclosure gag order, and that would have been the end of it. But thanks to Emodio being champ right now, we're going to play out this this awkward, and I do mean awkward if you saw Monday's opening uh, week of episodes. Might I quote one tweet that sums that up perfectly? The user is Mama's Pinky Toe, Mike Richards, Dead Man Hosting. Speaking of uh, hosting, our lovely host, have we received any comments to uh, put down into your... So far, nothing else yet. Uh, not sincerely coming mm -hmm. in, but uh, no current other police from the crowd as of yet. But... We will have the link to the article that we mentioned. It will be put in the description for YouTube and elsewhere. Hmm. You know, there's actually one interesting person that's actually standing by Mike Richards after all this debacle. His old buddy from The Price is Right, Drew Carey. I need you. TMZ. Link down into doobly-doo. I mean, I'm going to share the Esquire link in the comments for everybody so they can go ahead and take a gander. But you got to figure if anybody, somebody's going to be on his side. And naturally with Drew coming out in his perspective as the host, not really knowing the culture under Bob Barker and previous executive producers, in some way I get it. But at the same time, if you don't entirely know both sides of the story, which no fault to Drew that he didn't, you kind of stay away from this. Because if I'm the host and I'm that situation from when I'm coming in, I don't want my name tied in any major ways as possible, especially with what happened, what's been documented, among other things, under the Richards regime. I mean, that that article from TMZ effectively, you know, they 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 kind of tried to ask him about Price and 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 Richards, and Drew didn't want to comment on anything. But I mean, Richards was Drew's EP since I think Drew took over, if not very damn close. They, not they, exactly, but very damn close. Yeah, they've 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 been together for a significant amount of time, and the fact that the, the two of them are hanging out in public, and Carrie hasn't really come out and 
released a, 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 a damning statement or even any statement about the whole situation really just speaks to, you know, where Drew Carey is in this camp. And unfortunately, at least in my opinion, that, that takes Drew Carey down a couple points in my book. Because yeah. when, when, when you go back to Richards at Price, you've got, you've got a lot to unpack there. Um, and, and we can just start with some very, uh, I, I'm not going to quote them in, in, in detail or full, uh, mainly because they, they came off of, of a personal Facebook. Um, and I don't know how, how this person would feel about those being shared, but I am Facebook friends with Roger Dobquits. And if any of you guys know who Roger Dobquitz is, he is loyal friend and true of the Price is Right. Yes, he he is the OG producer of the Price is Right. He's been with Goodson Todman since I think Price rebooted in '72. He wrote the book. Yeah, he he quite literally wrote the book and then some on Price, several of them. And he he has delivered some. Um, I guess we will we will call them less than stellar. Scathing was the word I was going to go with originally. Yeah, no, he he has written so, like like we need you know some for those of you on Twitch we need some PJ salt truckload levels of of salt in these posts uh, about Mike Richards. Um, to, to, to needless to say, they were uh, they were definitely not not friendly. Um, but part of them mentioned some, some of the stuff with, uh, Richards and Kathy Greco and her early retirement. Um, that's, that was a thing. Uh, it's, it's very much believed that Richards was single-handedly was the one that forced producer Kathy Greco to retire early off of price. He apparently got rid of a couple of other folks. Um, there was a long time, uh, the, my understanding was, is there was a long time staffer that was waiting for, I think it was the 50th season, which is coming up, or I should say uh, started Monday, mm -hmm. um, that was waiting to retire then and didn't, didn't make it because uh, Richards forced him out a couple years back. Um, there's, like I said, it's, it, it, it's, it, he, he's, He's not well liked in the in you know the, by the Price is Right staff. That's for sure, or at least a good majority of them. Because clearly Drew has his opinions, and well, while he might not be saying anything verbally, well, actions speak louder than words. And well, I mean, you have this to where, and again, you see this all the time when someone comes in replaces somebody. You have regime change, so. You have those who were there before Richards who saw everything that's going on. They see it their way. And then you have the people who Richards brought in, in part leading to what you had mentioned earlier about the different payroll and that style of allegations. That all happened with basically his crew. So... Yeah, you're going to have that pretty big division right there. Those who were there under him, who were naturally going to defend him, and those who were not under him, 
saw everything and it's like, hey, whoa, whoa, this is what happened. Yeah, and even for those who, if you have a chance to see his audition clip, I believe we're getting that link in the works. And There's a, uh, I, I just posted in, in our little uh, thing there, uh, Eric, there is a Hollywood Reporter article. That's the same covered. article I'm reading right, right now. now. Yeah, that, this is that, the that covered, uh, Yeah, I, I shared this a couple weeks back, and this is effectively uh, what Dom Quitz is saying, although a little bit more, I guess you could say, secondhand and not as scathing. If, if I may, but first, I think, Eric, there is a uh, tweet that I discovered that uh, might be some uh, <laughs> humor, depending on the... Oh, 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 trust me. I'm going to give credit to that proper tweet eh, because we just found our YouTube thumbnail. <laughs> the, Done. Uh, I don't have to search Jeopardy, let's just say. <laughs> <laughs> so this Hollywood Reporter article... Sorry, I have four monitors, so I look up a lot. Yeah, you do have four monitors. I have two, and they're stationed on top of speakers. So I'm looking up too, buddy. Uh, this article dated August 31st from The Hollywood Reporter. Link in the doobly-doo. As the exec producers ousted at Sony's quiz show and Wheel of Fortune, more than a dozen former staffers on the CBS and Fremantle show describe a dismantling of workplace culture that preceded him. Mike Richards came highly recommended to the CBS as Price is Right. The iconic game show produced Frank Fremantle was a year removed from age transition as longtime host Bob Barker. Wrapped up a 35 year run in June 2007 with studio passing torch to comedian Drew Carey. Richard, who worked at Dick Clark Productions as Exec VP Development and current series had thrown his hat in the ring and auditioned to replace Barker. This I did not know. Sid Vintage, hopefully pronouncing that name right, who was involved with the search for Barker's replacement on Price and whose company distributed the show, remembers, quote, while he wasn't going to replace Bob, he was somebody I filed away. When it came time to get a producer showrunner, he went right to the top of that list. With an assist from legendary producer host Dick Clark, which you called Clark his mentor. Bad move, DC, bad move. Along with host producer J.D. Roth, who worked with Richards on Beauty and the Geek, mentioned earlier. The exec moved for a failed Price Right hosting audition, which the video of the audition is in the article. To a senior leadership role at the series and fellow Fremantle producer, let's make a deal, a year earlier. You work for one for to show you work for another. Goods and time and likes to share his people around. Mike Richard hosting Price. Ugh. Yeah, and again. I dirty. I need another drink. From the video, you think, okay, was it memorable? Should he have been penciled in? No, but it was decent. And not, again, not worthy to take over the legend, but it was decent. You figure, all right. Someone like Mike should stay in his lane, go try to be with the hosting thing, develop his chops. Oh, Skipping a couple paragraphs talking about the current Sony debacle. 
multiple sources involved with prices right during Richards's tenure also question his conduct with models on the series. Oh, look, it's Janice Pennington's series all over again. That last year was the personal editorial, not part of the article. Several sources claim he would parade models around the stage during rehearsals as he polled employees about their attire and gave preferential treatment to some. Others contest this description. The show had a routine with how to choose wardrobe for the models. Before Mike arrived, we continued to follow that routine until Mike made some changes to it. Stated Gwendolyn Osborne, price model from 05 to 17. Osborne, who spoke with Hollywood Reporter after being connected via Richards's PR, added, this included Mike transitioning from the uncomfortable parading on stage in our outfits to having proper fitting in the wardrobe department with a stylist. Former staffers appointed to a 2011 wrongful termination suit. Ooh, there's a link on that one. Follow that later. In which Lanisha Cole, the show's longest tenured model at the time, alleged she was treated differently, air quotes, by Roberts, who who she claimed sent messages, notes, and comments to her using staff and other models as messengers, which was ultimately dropped from the suit, which was settled in April 2013. At the same time, producer Fermantle has married a separate litigation with another model, Brandy Cochran, claimed she was discriminated against because she was pregnant. Cochran, who would miscarry one of the twins while she was pregnant with them, ultimately settled March 2016. Quote, this happened before hashtag me too. There was no product protection. I saw Brandy's breakdown on stage, and it was heartbreaking, one former staffer recalled. Carrie, for his part, tweeted in support of Richards and his involvement with Miles on Price. Quote, every TPR Miles since I got started, got pregnant, and he built whole series arcs celebrating them. Even had a baby shower shows for crying out loud. They weren't allowed to talk to me before Mike came on the show. Carrie posted August 7th. Three days after Variety reported Richard was the front runner for the Jeopardy job before his role in the previous lawsuit surfaced. Continuing, quote, he took them from just bodies on the stage to actual people that audiences get to know as part of the Price Wright family. He's great, and I hope he gets to be the next Jeopardy host, too. Uh, article continues, but I'll cut it there. Gentlemen. Dun, dun, dun. Microphone. Now, I am just saying this. If you were even alleged lawsuits, anything, for doing something in that sort of environment that even I would not do. And as these two, especially John on camera right now, can attest, when we were planning for some of our shows back in the day when I was much more active as a host, before either of you say anything, you know we already got arrangements. Leaving it that. That date is coming, man. I'm well aware. I'm well aware. I've even Look. already rearranged a cricket vacation so that way I would be available. So Look, I'm not. I'm not saying there's a present here waiting for you, but there's a present here waiting for you. But alas, I digress. If you're doing something that even I would not suggest or do, 
you are fucking up. Plain and simple. Because these are things with all that, if you're going parading around or doing all this wrongful termination suits, there's got to be some sort of cause with things like this. Where there's smoke, there's fire. And I was not a fan of this. Well, personal feelings with pregnant women aside, but that's for another podcast. Yeah, so I'm actually going to go ahead and read this post from Roger Dobquitz's Facebook. And the reason why I'm going to do it is because he has it on public. So if he has it on public, I'm sure he understands that, you know, these things are, well, that, public. And we can link to it. Uh, I don't know if we're going to link to it, but we'll definitely read it. All right, you get to do your announcement voice now. One of the more serious issues brought up in said Hollywood Reporter article that we just discussed, uh, that that I am surprised they didn't make more of a deal with, was the fact that the staff and Mike Richards were allowed to buy prizes that weren't won. For the 36 years that I was at CBS, it was strictly prohibited that anyone involved with the show could personally profit from it. And because of the payola scandals of the 1950s, strict federal law was passed that made it a crime. We were under constant scrutiny by CBS Program Practices Division to make sure we didn't receive gifts from companies that supplies us with prizes. As mentioned in the article, we couldn't even officially eat the chicken that was used as a part of a KFC plug. Yes, delicious, juicy, bite after bite, delicious Kentucky Fried Chicken, we do chicken right. Uh, but it, don't ask me why I know that off the top of my memory. No, Please no, 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 no. As we say on the kickoff, this is okay. Because for any potential sponsor, we cannot be bought, but we sure as fuck can be rented. Continue, Ryan. Uh, buying, in quotation marks, prices that were not given away suspiciously, and he's always suspicious, looks like a way to circumvent the look of staff receiving prizes as gifts. And the following questions arise. One, who ordered the prizes to be used on the show? Two, who decided to offer the prize up for sale to the staff? And three, who decided on the prize, on the price, not prize, to sell it? Did somebody pay $45 for a pinball machine? Now, these are serious questions and ones that will require more investigation. Otherwise, the situation will get worse. And we will be right back to the time when payola was common practice. And now, because I don't totally know this right off the top of my head, don't again, don't ask me why, we are brought to said laws about game shows, specifically the 1950s Communications Act as codified under Chapter 47, United States Code, Section 509, prohibited practices in quiz shows, as I lose all of my monitors. I think we should give him center of stage for this one, sir. Oh, boy. Here we go. (laughs) Yes, U.S. Code, Title 47, Chapter 5, Subchapter 5, Section 509, Prohibited Practices in Contests of Knowledge, Skill, or Chance. And for those of you who would like to read along at home, I'm going to post a lovely little link that will take you to U.S. Code via Cornell Law. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's actually a a somewhat lengthy statue. 
Uh, but effectively, uh, there are laws against this sort of thing. Uh, and there are laws that, that say you producers, contestants, that it can't be rigged, it can't be bought, it can't be bribed. Um, do, 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 do. of having center stage there. Yes, I know. I'm looking for the thing here. <laughs> here we go. So, uh, so our uh, uh, item uh, paragraph A, item four of the statue here uh, is is where we're going to talk about here. To produce or participate in the production for broadcasting of, to broadcast or participate in the broadcasting of. To offer for a licensee for broadcasting or to sponsor any radio program knowing or having reasonable ground for believing that in connection with a purportedly bona fide contest of intellectual knowledge, intellectual skill, or chance cons constituting any part of such program, any person has done or is going to do any act or thing referred to in paragraph one, two, or three in this subsection. Uh, effectively, uh, and this, this comes from a legal background ish so to speak uh yeah that that's illegal what what they're doing is it's 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 a great it's a very gray area the okay. fact that cbs programs and standards are allowing or allowed i should say because we don't know if it's still going on uh but at least at one point in time for the fact that it was allowed for employees and members of the the cast to buy unused prizes that's yeah that's that's 100 especially in a program that was pretty much the pinnacle of product placement from the 70s through at least the 2000s maybe not so much nowadays but yeah no this it's it's patently wrong 100% i mean you're affecting you are affecting the outcome of the game and, and by on top of that and one clarification, when, when they refer to radio, television is included as a radio broadcast because of the over-air nature of the TV at the time of this was written. Yeah. If you, uh, if you go and, and take a look at the uh, Cornell Law uh, write-up uh, uh, quote of U.S. Code, there actually is lovely little hyperlinks under certain letters uh, where you can actually see the legal definitions as defined by U.S. Code for certain terms. And do not worry for those who happen to be audio only or who will be on YouTube. All links that we have provided will be in the appropriate descriptions. We're, we're probably going to have to like do some like maybe one of those like link tree things or something for this episode. We got a lot of links growing here. It easily done. However... A secondary thing that I've actually had conversations about as well, mentioned in this article and going along with the payola, not just employees allowed to buy unawarded prizes, but the Mike Richards prize pool, according to the article, had basically, hey, we want to go ahead and have luxury companies like Tiffany, like your top brands, be sponsors on the show, give away some major, major prizes, keep up the clout. Golden Road? Precisely. A Golden Road level prizes. 
those companies said no. It's a new car! More like a Tesla. Anyway, more on that later. That new car is a 2016 Dodge Viper! Yeah, when you have a lot of these luxury companies, they say no. Fully their right to do. The last thing that you would want to do is allegedly go ahead and have your prize pool by knockoffs to then be awarded as prizes on the show. Or Not by only the are you facing time in a congressional hearing for the first set of bullshit. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Hold on. You're facing prison time. Yeah. Subsection C, penalties. penalties. Whoever yeah. violates this subsection shall be fined not more than $10,000 or imprisoned not more than one year or both. So on top of that, you're going to catch potentially a second set of charges if this is investigated and proven for false advertisement on and, top of those charges. And, and may I remind those of you listening and viewing at home, these are federal charges. These are not state charges. These are federal charges, meaning you are going to be tried in a U.S. federal court. And you are going to be sent to a federal penitentiary. This is not, the, which is an automatic felony. There are no misdemeanors in the you in the felony or in the federal judicial code to, to, to borrow a movie quote we're talking dead time at leavenworth it's that bad you don't want to go that bad you don't go full federal it'll be so bad they might make a reality show out of you and you won't get paid a dime for it yeah, they'll make a reality show and maybe something else, but we ain't talking about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I could make a joke here, but... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, there's been plenty of enough movies that have made the joke for me. I'm sure our viewers have creative imaginations. I, I For those of you who are audio only, there is a very big smirk on Eric's face because he knows what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> go ahead, let us all know. Don't drop the soap. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I've already cashed in on my ticket for my express bus to hell, so why the fuck not, right? Uh, yeah, no, this is this is definitely some some serious allegations. Because for those of you who are not aware, price is right, ain't exactly getting head over toes. Ooh, excuse me. There's the uh, Coca-Cola coming back to me. Uh, Price is right. and not head over heels in sponsorship deals anymore. If you take a look at an episode of Price, you can actually tell. When they, when they announce something by its brand name, like, look at this Colgate Total White Toothpaste. That's a sponsorship. When they say, look at this 8-ounce bottle of toothpaste, it'll whiten your teeth. That means they went and bought it themselves. Yeah, for those of you so, who are familiar with the the big drop off in the Australian version of Prices Right, you're getting near that territory. Not there yet, but you're on that cliff. 
so so this is where it gets dicey right there is one way that this could actually be legitimate I, I i hate to play devil's advocate here but for those of you who know me in real life i play devil's advocate quite frequently there is one way this could be legitimate do i believe this is the case uh, not really but the one way I believe this is legitimate is if the stuff that is being resold is the stuff that the price is right is actually going out and purchasing using their own prize budget. Because again, Price is Right has not gotten enough prizes to fill an entire show since I think they started, they, they publicly admitted to it and changed what they were doing. I want to say 2012, 2013, somewhere in that time range. It's It's been a while now. No. If this is the stuff that the price themselves are, are going out and buying, which I can completely understand Mike Richards having an ultimate say, if not a micromanagement level say, in what to go buy for, for prizes that are, you know, rounding out what they're getting. Yeah, that's that's a very gray area, but it's not as illegitimate as say a local the local California Ford dealership donated a Mustang. The Mustang didn't get one, and now the Mustang went off at auction to the staff for fifty bucks. That is that is patently illegal in every sense of the word under US code them reselling to the staff prizes that didn't get one that they themselves bought gray area very very big gray area i'm not an attorney but i, I do have a law background i have a degree in computer criminology gray area and that goes back to my whole argument about what they were saying with the knockoffs are you really that strapped for a prize budget that you're going to buy knockoffs and then if those aren't one you turn around and resell? That's getting further into that gray area as far as ethics. Well, ethics aside, here's the reason why I don't believe that. And I will put it into two words that the both of you will probably understand and I'll have to explain for some of our viewers at home. Perfect bid. $23,743. Perfect bid. If you go and watch that documentary, there is, as far as I'm concerned, bona fide evidence, prima facie evidence, that price reuses its prizes. <gasps> no, really? Color me surprised. <clears throat> Sarcasm. I, I mean... We've talked about this off-air between ourselves. We're going to get into this when we do the appropriate episode. When certain things get reused, you're on CBS. You're going to have someone like a Michael Larson come in and clean house perfectly. 110237. Oh. Still got it. <laughs> oh. Article from the ringer. It's an interesting quote. There's a lot of investigations that have to be done. I know you and I, Brian, have mentioned 
you know, off air a few times, maybe congressional hearing. I'm not tempted to put this out of the question at all. Oh, I, I'm I am not surprised one bit if you know these allegations come to a bigger light, so to speak. Uh, now that Mike Richards is uh, got a microscope shoved so far up his ass that, well, you can see when the man's going to fart. Oh, I believe it's time we, we have to say this news once tonight. Mike Richards, you're fired! There's my Vince McMahon of the night. <laughs> but this Ringer article quotes Roger Dobquitz of the Price is Right fame mentioned earlier. Of all the people who are trying out to be Bob Barker's replacement, he had the least professional experience. This quote from 2012 after the hosting audition. He knew all the right words to say, but did not bring anything special, personality, or performance-wise to the test show. His performance was compared to that of an eager student performing in a college show and putting on his best impersonation of what he thinks a game show host is. Dobquist did not respond to the ringer's request for comment. And, and again, burn. And again, decent, but nothing memorable. Nothing that punched through. It's like, okay, he tried, but if I was making the decision, he wouldn't have been the guy for me. The the problem is, 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 Richards is Richards can be, and this is probably the one positive thing I'll say about him all evening. Richards can be a good game show host if he is given a show that fits his style of hosting. There really isn't much out there that fits his style of hosting, though. No, I think I think there's one show. If if, if they built an original content show and what's original content in television these days um yeah they they could probably build an original content show that revolves around richards as the personality and it could work but clearly the man isn't well was an excellent producer personal traits and characteristics set aside he didn't manage to burn a couple of very long-lived, prestigious game show titles or shows into the ground. You, you at least have to give him that credit. I think really the best way I can sum up Richard's attitudes when he was running shows, summed up by this article in The Ringer that I found. Uh, I'm not going to give this one a read. It's a long-ass article. But there's a part in near the, I would say, probably two-thirds of the way through the page. Conversations among Richards and his former assistant, Beth Griffin, hopefully pronouncing that right, from Price's Right era. There is exchange between Richards and her near the end. I think there's even an audio recording of it that's 52 seconds. You can actually hear it in their voices. Wow. Wow, how how did this guy manage to stay in the industry for so long? And we know from second, third hand friends, people who have worked in the industry as producers in such a various shows, 
that uh, due to same game show recreations that the three of us have been involved in here in the Florida and Georgia area, but are effectively our counterparts out in California that also might be involved in the professional companies themselves. But they do their own homebrews on occasion, which you could find on YouTube and are very genuine to the original. Shout outs to Home Game Enterprises and their crew. But I'm glad this asshole's gone. This is long overdue. I mean, honestly, just send them up the river. Just basically just piss off because you, again, I said at the beginning, you basically failed off. You are just the epitome of lucky in all these things. You just leave this path of destruction and chaos and bullshit around you. Especially in a time where game shows are potentially finally coming back. Reintroducing them to a mainstream audience. You're going around and pulling all kinds of this? No, no. I I, I think it, it's been it sums up well in that Hollywood Reporter article. Uh, I know we've gone back to that a few times now, where effectively the the casting producer uh, for for Price pretty much said, mediocre host, sure, talented showrunner, he was at the top of the list. And I think it comes down to he impressed the right people at the right time, and that's how he managed to get the positions that he got. Does does that does that discredit him, or does that take away from the fact that again, I, I have to give the man some credit that you know clearly he he had to at least have some modicum of knowing what he was doing, because the man was behind the helm of Price, he was behind the helm of of. Uh, let's make a deal. Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune. These are all, I mean, you, you ask for shows that have been going on the longest on television. Those are, the, three out of four of those are probably some of the first shows you name. And the fact that, that he held the, the top helm position at those shows for as long as he did in some of those cases, like I, if I remember correctly, let me go back to the IMDB here, just just so that I have it correct. But no, you got was, them all. You got them all. He he, from 2009 to 2018. That's almost a decade. Mm -hmm. 186 episodes. Or sorry, no, 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 sorry. Uh, let's see here. No, a thousand one thousand six hundred and sixty-three episodes. Of the Price is Right as the executive producer, the the man's moral character and standing may be absolute utter garbage, but professionally he seems to know what the hell he's doing, at least when it comes to show running. Well, so yeah. I, I I I can't I can't knock him too hard on that. Is, is he is he a, is he a good game show host? <laughs> hell no. I, I don't think he's a good game show host at all. I, I I think he is completely dry on air. He doesn't build the right rapport with contestants and any anything I've seen him do. Um, now, he is as dry as a Hawkeye Pierce Martini. 
say he's as dry as the vermouth in my favorite Manhattan, but I mean that's that's pretty damn close too. Look, I, I don't drink dry drinks, so that's all your territory. Yeah, we, we know what kind of drinks you go for, buddy. Back up here. There we go. Get the hey, we know what drinks you go for, buddy. <laughs> and if you don't think I can't see that, well then uh, two and two, buddy. Two and two. Speaking of two and two, I think we've uh, gone maybe a little too long here. Ah, uh, so let's 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 jump to the current Jeopardy saga because that's really what we're what we what we're also here to talk about, and not just Mike Richards. Front runners for the hosting gig, my opinion, Jennings, one hundred percent, all the way, Team Jennings. The man has a natural knack for it. Jeopardy ratings while he was champion were at their highest they have ever been in the entirety of the series. Nothing has come close. I think Holzhauer came kind of close, but not 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 anywhere near on the level that, that Jennings has. I mean... Yeah, if we get Jennings as host, we, we can expect, you know, a lot more episodes like the one we had back in January <coughs> where he got trolled in final. Excuse me a second. Apparently I inhaled air. Aaron Rodgers getting trolled. <laughs> I, but I'm telling you, even with the troll. <coughs> no, 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 no. What I was going to say is him getting trolled in final. The guy had no idea what he was talking about, so he puts, what is H&R Block? Yeah, I think that's going to become the new Jeopardy meme if Jennings becomes host, sure. But still, Jennings is a very likable personality. Yeah, he's he ain't clean, but who the hell is in 2021, you know? Let's be realistic here. Who the hell on TV is clean in 2021? This is not the 1970s or 80s. You're not. It's just not going to happen. Well, I mean, to be fair, in the 70s and 80s, people were dirty. It was just a different kind. And you could cover it up a lot. I, I was going to say, no, it was people were dirty, but it was very easily swept under the rug by producers who said, here's some cash, shut up and never talk about this again. Nowadays, it's here's some cash, shut up and never talk about this again. And then 10 years down the line... When they get some big high profile something or other, it's oh well I know I might know something about that. So you say Jennings is number one. Who would be number two? Because I think we're all in agreement here that Jennings is number one. Ah. My number two, I think, has to go to somebody who they did not give a spot to yet. And somebody that I would like to 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 see. With the spot, and I know viewer is going to or uh, Eric is going to agree with me on this one, um, and that is Neil deGrasse Tyson. The man speaks truth. I think Neil deGrasse Tyson would be amazing at the job. I, I was, he, he won't take it. No, he doesn't again, need it. And in my mind, don't even offer him the full job because you know he's going to say no. Give him a week. Give Dr. Michio Kaku a week, a week apiece. I will be a happy man, and a lot of other people will. If you, if people will stand for the Var Burton, 
I've seen the Buzzy Cohen stand starting to come out now. I don't like Buzzy. I never liked Buzzy. I didn't like him as a contestant. I don't like him as a as a host. He he. No, no, no. Here's here's where I see Buzzy. I see Buzzy doing what Ken Jennings was doing before Alex kicked the bucket. That blue crew segment producer once in a blue moon on camera. Well, but well, but here's the rub. Instead of just seeing him in that role, as we're pulling a how, rubbing the lucky suit. What about seeing him in what was originally supposed to be the Mayim Bialik role? Primetime specials like the college championship. I think Buzzy, with he's got enough personality, he I think he can slide right in. Because during the tournament of champions, yeah, during the tournament of champions, I thought he did very well. I really did. You know what I think he would be good at? And, and this is going to open up a whole other can of worms that we talk about on the actual Jeopardy episode. I could see him as the host of, as we would call it these days, one of the spinoffs. Like Sports Jeopardy. If I think they would ever bring it back. I, I think he has that, that, that energy that works for that type of format. Hell, I could see him. I don't. I don't think he's much of a. He's probably uh, to me. He doesn't come off as much of a music fan, much less a rock and roll fan. But I could see him bringing back rock and roll Jeopardy if if we don't get Jeb Probst to come back. Which, well, that man's got his own can of worms. Let's not even get started on Jeff The tribe has spoken about him. Yeah, ex- exactly my point. Um. No, I, I think he... No, that, used... no, that is not worthy, even with me. No, stop lobbying for it. <laughs> I, I, I kind of... I, I think if it were appropriate, it should have happened. Was it appropriate? Yeah. Is it too late? Would it be forced now? Just like Buzzy Ho- Cohen being the host of Jeopardy? Yes. And so, that is the point that I... That's the end point that I'm making about Buzzy. He feels too... I, 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 to, to use the terms that the kids say these days, he feels too fake. It's too fake and too forced. It's, it's, so, so, so my number two is the exact opposite of that. Guys, I want to make it real. Very, very unrelated. I'm hearing echoes like crazy. Thank you. Bad Zoom call. I thought, wow, I, I I thought, it was, I thought they, Eric's been on top of it. I just like... Now... I'm looking at the raps list of hosts. They ranked them 14. I'd put them two because of clarity of enunciation. Remember Art Fleming. I believe he was a newsman before he hosted Jeopardy back in the game show Dark Ages. David Faber from CNBC. Yes? No? No? I'm 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 seeing I'm I'm seeing I'm seeing a don't buy from Brian. I'm I'm seeing a hold perhaps from Aaron. Okay, so so we want to talk about let's talk about news personalities because we've cycled in a very considerable amount, a very considerable amount. Y'all y'all do not see the facial expression for those of you who are audio only. Brian is bug-eyed right now. 
a very considerable amount of news personalities. Uh, yes, actually. That would be my number, uh, my actual number two out of everybody who has guested so far would actually be Anderson Cooper. You know, if I had another drink right now, I would so pull another 710 split maneuver, throw my keyboard, and get up and get that beverage. What are you on? I, I don't Can know. I get some? Can you send it to me? I could use it. Please. That's what I'm on, buddy. That's what I'm on. For, for those of you who are audio only, I have been referencing an inside joke between the three of us that's at least a decade old at this point of uh, a, a certain Mr. Watkins and a certain beverage called Jose Cuervo. I've been taunting him with a 1.75 big boy unsealed, sealed in bottle uh, of uh, Cuervo on camera the entire evening. From the yeah, this bottle is actually the bottle that I am taunting him with has got to be at least I don't know five years old by now. It is it has been aged. It has been aging because this is a gift for a certain individual when he makes his hosting return. More can, on that later. Can we spot that in? For having my first drink hosting the first late night show, yeah, uh, well, we, we can talk about that later. Yeah, but anyways, <laughs> no, um, I, I I gotta say I'm looking at Variety's list of the uh, of the hosts ranked. Um, they put them at 13 out of 16, and I I I, I, I think he. I, I will agree with, with their assessment that he was very low-key about it, but I think he captured the spirit of Alex Trebek. He made the show about the gameplay and about the contestants, and first and foremost, that's what Alex Trebek wanted. No, 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 no. no. Before, before either of you say anything, before either of you say anything, Anderson Cooper was better on the mole. Change my fucking mind. Too drunk for that. I lost the train of thought. Thank you. I'm I'm half tempted to crack this open and drink it, and you don't get it. I lost the train. I lost my idea. Damn. Damn. Like that I, don't hear any, I don't hear any arguments otherwise. Like, I asked a whole bunch of man on stage a question, and your mind goes blank. Yes, I went there. <laughs> hey, have you been studying up on your ducks lately, by the way? <laughs> oh, the silence is golden right about now. No, no, no. I'm giving you a meme. I'm giving you that, that meme of the guy that just looks at the... <laughs> kind of look like him right now, too, a little bit. You know, I think you know, I also think did not get a fair okay. shake from uh, reception. Oh. Katie Kirk. Just with you, uh, the variety list ranked her at number three. I, 
know. I mean, I, I disagree. I liked her, but I think she was. I think the here's the thing, right? Here's the rub that I have, and, and this variety list pretty much is exactly where I'm at with this as well. They ranked all of the really, really fucking bubbly people that were like a little bit too bubbly and a little bit too excited to be there. Not that I'm saying that that's a bad thing, but there's excitement and then there's too excited. There's a there's a time and a place for yeah. bubbly and exciting. And it's, and it's necessarily one of those. Exactly. And 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 variety has ranked all of those bubbly and excited people like really fucking high. Where I'm like, no, this is like this is the gold standard of trivia pursuit games. Not to be confused with Trivial Pursuit, which was a game show. More on that eventually. There is a time and place to be bubbly. These guys were on 24-7 and did not have an off switch, and I didn't like it. And I mean, with something like that, and this is why my number two, I've already said it, I'm sticking by it, and I'm going to make a more complete, legitimate case for it with Aaron Rodgers. You've Aaron, got that. I'll say this before you go in. Aaron Rodgers is my number three. Solid okay. number three. Okay. You've got this kind of calm, California cool sort of personality. Him being a guy from, you know, the Bay Area, went to Berkeley, all that. So he gets the vibes. Someone who, and he admitted himself, when he got the call for the guest host rotation, what did he do? Just like within football, he studied thoroughly. Studied from Trebek's perspective. How to host, how to do the cues with contestants, everything. And not going to lie, it showed. Did you see the – there was a Facebook post that, that Aaron Rodgers made to his Facebook where the contestant – or the host lectern was completely covered in Post-it notes of various, like, cues and things that he learned from watching the shows mm -hmm. and his own, like, idiosyncrasies uh, of, of things not to do on camera – and yeah, no, the man was one hundred for not having any broadcast experience at all whatsoever, because the 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 people that I have, um... oh my goodness gracious! <laughs> See, and you get the moments of trolling, just like we mentioned with Ken Jennings and know what is H and R Block with like this contestant, and he preambled and he said, "Hey, the Monday episode of Final Jeopardy is going to be hilarious." Whose idea was it to kick that field goal? <laughs> now, for a lot of these, and that's really one of the main points of my argument, you have a lot of game show diehards like ourselves. Even within that, you have a lot of Jeopardy diehards and purists. But just like not going on forever, you have an audience that, even though the show is timeless, you worry that your audience is going to age out. You've seen these with sponsorships like Consumer Cellular, like with Geico, etc. You want to try to bring in a younger generation, newer eyeballs on the screen. Aaron Rodgers, he gets that for you. Plus, even with those who aren't your more 
trivia inclined or you're more intelligent, you're nerds, geeks, what have you. Those were like your common man. Aaron Rodgers will bring those in too. You're going to get a whole much wider demographic pool. And see, there you go. And you're featuring him on screen. Hang on, I've got a... This is when he was actually a contestant. Naturally, with the HR block troll. <laughs> the uh, Ernst and Young from when Aaron Rodgers runs Celebrity Jeopardy. You know, you know, it would be a lot easier if you just hit that little share button down there at the bottom of uh, StreamYard. You can actually share your screen, and then viewer can do that thing that I just did. Lazy. That looks better on the thing as well, because we can't barely read what you're doing. Your webcam is going out of focus. And that was microphones. But with something like that, if we're at a time to where ratings and demographics for sponsorships matter, you're going to get those increased demographics. I mean, the, those the different numbers are going to speak for themselves. Dr. Oz ain't going to give you the ball. Oh, hell no. No. Dr. Oz was a, was a two-bit fill-in that nobody took. Like, there was no serious credence to him being on the show whatsoever. Oh. That was just somebody decided, hey, let's put, bring Dr. Oz of all fucking people on the show. A, a once reputable and highly respected surgeon turned talk show quack. I think that's putting it uh, uh, mildly there, Eric. Speaking of doctors, Dr. Sanjay Gupta. Now, he wasn't bad. He wasn't bad. I'm reminded of a quote from a great movie, History of the World, Part 1 here. Nice. Nice. Not thrilling, but nice. I mean, Variety ranked him at seven, which I I can kind of... That's that's probably about where I put him. Yeah. So we ranked him seventh and all the ranking of tenth. Tied. I, I agree seven. I agree closer to seven, eight, that range. Middle of the pack. <laughs> but uh, let's go full circle on the news. George Stephanopoulos uh, will not attract the younger audience. He'll keep, he'll keep the seniors watching. That's about it. Because, I mean, it's like if you think about it with George Stephanopoulos, you're getting your audience from Good Morning America, like you did with Robin Roberts. And with George Stephanopoulos, you get your audience from this week. Who gets up and watches the Sunday political shows? Uh, Washington lobbyists and pretty much everybody within 50 miles of the White House. I rest my case. You're implying I get up in the mornings on a weekend? Again, see previous. <laughs> they they did the they did the rounds and said, okay, what what washed up two bit about to retire probably could use another gig. News and talk show folks, can we round up to host Jeopardy for a couple of weeks? That's really what the Jeopardy guest host list looks like with some 
left field, but surprisingly a hell of a lot better than the veteran TV personality people thrown in. Like Aaron Rodgers. But again, I think, and I know he wasn't one of the serious candidates, but I still say he can work. Because I'm sitting here and I'm actually looking at this list of people that they've brought in. And everybody is pretty much television, like veterans, or at least have a significant amount of experience, except for really two people. And that was Rogers and Cohen. They I thought Cohen was too, too. Cohen is good for, like I said before, Cohen would be good. Buzzy would be good if we brought back a sports Jeopardy or a rock and roll Jeopardy. Hell, we could put him on Kids Jeopardy. He'd be great on Kids Jeopardy. So we basically you're saying you're getting... Okay, so basically you're saying because that Jep is what inspired the Kids Week. But that ties into my thing. You have him for tournaments. Make the tournaments prime time. Put him in for a week or two. Yeah, yeah. Small yeah. doses, I admit, but those small doses, just enough. He can hit. He can find his way. He can make them his own. Because I'm telling you right now, we talk about everything with Mike Richards. We talked about the shit that SPT is in right now with finding these hosts. While they have a very very pinchy temporary solution. And what they just broke before today. Oh, uh, I'm very happy with the news. Well, I'm moderately happy with the news that they broke tonight. Well, not even reading the article, I am going to have like the finer points because originally we both we all know this was going to be Mike Richards' only week. The timing with his firing, he got one week of shows. That's just about done. Which Next is basically week. one tape day. Exactly. This then after this week, Mayan Bialik was going to originally step in for three weeks while I got things considered. That's now been extended. She's taking over for about six weeks until November 5th, continuously. Then they're going to alternate between her and Ken Jennings. Whomever is available between the two of them for the remainder of the calendar year 2021, one of those two will host. Then 2022, they will cross that bridge when they get there. But I'm here to tell you right now, with all the stuff we've talked about with Mike Richards, all this stuff going on, call it cancel culture if you want. The stuff that's come out on Maya Bialik. Doesn't look good. She better hope and pray she makes it through these six weeks. Because if this gains more traction, which I'm surprised that it hasn't. Oh, I think it will. But are you saying, are you are you saying that the history and future of this show is in serious jeopardy? That was worth it. That was worth it. That was appropriately worth it. 
I, I will say this as I relax into a little bit more of a sedentary position here. Um, just the webcam. <laughs> hey, I, I, I can relax. Um, it's afternoon, sure. Yeah, well, I mean, it is now. Um, Jennings has already had his trial by fire. Mm -hmm. That came out, I want to say, when he did the Watson stuff a few years back, the mm -hmm. IBM Watson tournament. You know, I just thought of something. You know who's been surprisingly missing in all of this? Mr. Number Two in earnings. Where the hell is Brad Rutter in all this? I honestly, even though, now is this a someone who, he confessed, weird choice of words for me, but he mentioned with his winnings from Jeopardy, he started a local TV quiz show, like for, for kids, inquisitive. So he's got some sort of hosting chops. Like Ken Jennings, we see him on the chase. I don't know if this is his own personal mental fallout from getting whitewashed in the greatest of all time tournament, or maybe he's just happy to where he is. I think he's one of those people that may have been asked, but just for one reason or another decided to say no. That's my thoughts on it, at least. I, 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 I think about it. The show right now. When, when, I, when I think about it, I find it awfully suspicious that we haven't heard a lick out of Brad Rutter through this entire saga. I mean, Holzhauer has been vocal. Well, I mean, this, this, we expect this out of Holzhauer. I mean, not, not wrong. The man's a Vegas native. I mean, it's the city of sin and debauchery. I mean, we Thank you. Them. And the man's not only with that, but he's also a professional sports gambler as well. That's you what I was getting at. Yeah, yeah no, we, we expected. Highly well-respected, good at his gig. And if you want Savage, he's the man that you go to for that. But something like this, it isn't Brad's style. Yeah, I mean, not entirely wrong. I get it. Yeah. And then for those audio only, yes, Jonathan threw up a sus. It is a bit sus. Very sus. Yo had a bloody man behind his back. That's sus. But, I, I I don't know. I, I think Bialik isn't I, – I, I think especially – I know one of the big – the big controversy that is – one of, or at least one of the big controversy that's surrounding Bialik right now. There's there's multiple. There are definitely multiple. Three. But the biggest one is her, is her anti-vax thing. No, it's the biggest one now. I, I was I was getting to that. I was getting to that. It's It's – Given the political, do I want to say political? Fuck it, I'll say political. Given the political climate we're in. It, it's political, trust me. It, it's, yeah, that's a big deal. That's that's going to be a big deal to folks. 
Apparently, she's backpedaled in the not so distant oh. past. Actually, I um, take that back. I wanted there's four. Four. Yeah, in the not so distant past, she uh, she backpedaled, and apparently, the the kids might be on a delayed vaccination program, and she's not fully anti-vax or some bull crap. I don't know, but she definitely at one point in time claimed to be in anti-vax land, and that's not boding well for her. And I don't okay. think it's going to bode well for her, especially given the fact that look at her credentials; she's a fucking neurophysicist or neurosurgeon or some yeah. she is very she she has a doctor she's very yeah. well educated yeah phd in neuroscience which oh, we close. mentioned that we mentioned the dr oz angle <sighs> having those hawking of those neurotropics pills that are essentially horseshit you have that the current political climate about vaccines. She has come out about her anti-vax stances, which as we mentioned, she has since backpedaled. We mentioned the whole Me Too movement. Harvey Weinstein victim shaming. That's come out, that's public, she's on that. And oh, by the way, very disparaging comments scientifically based about children being born from C-sections. And that isn't even one of the biggest. Going other political. You oh, really the woman's got an uphill battle. That's for you sure. You really don't want to hear a potential host or just about anybody in the public eye in this day and age in particular use the phrase, or even be associated with the phrase, self-proclaimed Zionist. I'm sorry, pick one of those. That's a damn death sentence in cancel culture. She's sitting on a fucking royal flush. Mr. Host, we yeah. have anything from the audience. No. no. <laughs> At least I don't see anything. Because mm -mm. I'm out. I'm out of this. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, when you stack up the deck of things Ken Jennings has fucked up on and things Mayim Bialik has fucked up on, and for those of you who can't see it at home, you went from a really, really tiny stack for Ken Jennings to astronomically, comically oversized stack for Bialik oh, in, the, uh, in the hands of, of Michael. Damn high. <laughs> the stack name is... was too damn high. <laughs> yeah, no, it's Ken Jennings already went through trial by media. Yeah, and even during when all of this resurfaced, since he's been on the chase and is guest host and run, been through this, kind of apologized. I mean, I get it. Some of the tweets are offside. I've probably made, I've definitely made similar tweets. If you go back to my dark Twitter, you know how to get there. This ain't the show for it. Uh-uh. But you can see, yeah, that kind of thing. Yes, 
as if both of my co-hosts are shaking their head for good reason. And remember, folks, if I'm telling you not to do something, just unequivocally don't. No. Just just save yourself the time. So, these kinds of things, but eventually they're forgivable. You look at it, people crossways for a while. You put them in a bit of a timeout, but if you're looking at everything, it's not entirely canceled. It shouldn't be. That's for Ken Jennings. Brian Bialik. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with the whole cancel culture thing. Don't even get me started on that. But um, let's not go over last Just saying for reference. I mean, granted, go back in the archives for Black Irish. You'll understand. But my 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 thing is is I I have to I. I Bialik is what's the best way to put this? There is none. I, I mean, you're probably not wrong, but Bialik is it, actually no. I'm gonna. I know how I'm gonna put this, and it's it, it's gonna be kind of damning, but it, it'll make sense. Bialik is the next Mike Richards. Oof. I, I can see that. And especially... She, she, she had the credentials to get the right gig and impress the right person at the right time, but she's got a closet, and I don't know if that's a closet. That's more like a bedroom, honey. Full of... Uh, more like a master bedroom, honey. Full of, uh, full of shit that, uh, well... Yeah, no. And, and, uh, and consider this, because she's also come out and mentioned this. She ideally would want to take the full-time position, but she's also hinging it upon not getting a third season of her show, Call Me Cat, which I've never seen it. I'm not a fan. Isn't as I think it's a, a Nickelodeon thing or something. If I'm Disney Kids, something or other. No, Fox. Fox never does any shows right. It's not a part of this podcast. Except for three. More on that later. I thought that was a kids thing. No, I, it's her latest show that. She, but she's hinging that on getting a third season of that. If all See, this, of this, this, this goes this down should that tell road, you, this, this should tell you. I don't. I don't follow the woman's work. I. I you know. but, but I'm. But I'm saying this. If all of this does come out and keep going, and there are some Mike Richards parallels because she could lose the gamut. All gone. No more call me cat. No Jeopardy. Nothing. Then you're just riding off of those Big Bang Theory residuals. To steal a reference from another game show, as I found myself in the echo chamber again. Thank you. This, for Mahim Bailik, is the equivalent of our another game show going for the lot, and you buy that deal of the day, which costs you the whole thing. You never buy deals of the day when you can go for the lot. You never. And they'll tempt you to do it, too. 
more on sale of the century in due time. Never take the box when you're getting offered the curtain. This is basic math, people. I teach that shit, yo. We got a teacher. We got a tutor. Man speaking the truth. We gotta get this. We gotta get this this thing right here. Yeah, one of these one of these pointing directions will work. Just remember, think backwards. <laughs> oh, Mister Host. Mm-hmm. You mentioned social media earlier. Mm-hmm. Is it that time? I think it's that time. We've dissected everything. We covered our bases. So now it's just a matter of staying tuned. So so before we so so before we we get off to the end here, I I, I think we'll I think yeah. I want to close yeah. on the, phrasing. What? Yeah. Remember, I said that thing about in twenty twenty one, nobody's perfect. Hey, I ain't perfect either, honey. <laughs> I I think I I end this this deep dive on the Mike Richards saga plainly and simply. The man has a decent amount of money where while he'll more than likely never work in show business again, he's set. Did Sony do the right thing? Initially, no. Now, they look like they're trying to to do this correctly and do it in earnest. What happens from here? I think we see... Ken Jennings get the get the full nod probably in the next two seasons. I think this season is going to be Sony Pictures panicking and saying, oh shit, oh shit, we gotta dig ourselves out of this major fucking hole. There's more brass at Sony than one would probably want to care to admit to that are now got a laser microscope beaming down on Jeopardy, and we know this because it's it's been confirmed in at least three articles across three different entertainment magazines at this point. I think we see this season, for, for what it's worth, even though it just started on Monday, uh, this is going to be the Ken Jennings, me and Bialik fill-in season it's not going to go down for anything notable unless Amodio continues on the current run that he's on and either gets close or actually, and when I say close, I mean like significantly close, or beats Ken Jennings. And if that happens, I may be a little bit biased here, but I hope Jennings is hosting. I, I, that, that, that's, that's like a passing of the torch thing, and that would just... This makes for great ratings. The math, I don't know. If you're talking shows-wise, the math works. Money-wise, that's a little funny. Uh, It's Jeopardy. Anything can happen. When you're talking about the capability to control Mm -hmm. the abetting, anything can happen. But... I think we see the following see. I think we see the spring season of Jeopardy when it starts up somewhere around March, I think, is usually that time of year for that. Um, I think is when we see Jeopardy 
continuing the guest host thing. There's there's the quotation marks. But this time we're actually auditioning candidates that are getting a serious <laughs> nod. And we're not talking like, you know, one or two tape days either. I think we're talking along the magnitudes of what we're about to get out of Bialik and Jennings of magnitudes of the order of months worth of episodes so that they can analyze ratings and focus groups and all of that wonderful TV buzzword land bullshit. Data. I think we see that. I think we see next season of Jeopardy analyzing and trying out serious contenders for the replacement job, probably with a couple of dead ringers thrown in that would probably be serious but aren't going to get the job just to keep everybody on their toes. And, and then probably by fall, either fall of 22 or spring of 23 we see an actual replacement for Alex. So let me ask this to kind of cap off my sentiment. I got one, one more question after this. I'm going to leave it as a hanger for perhaps the Jeff episode, but go ahead. All right. So I mentioned this bits on the kickoff here tonight. Aaron Rodgers, 9-1. to one. Should I cash out? Sell, sell, sell. I want no money in this pot. Now, keep in mind, there is no definitive timeline on when it has to happen for it to pay out or not. Uh, I think if if, if you're working on an unlimited time... And you, I think you hold. I think you, you 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 hold your option, and you wait for the next season. Okay. If if at the if at the next season we're still in this guest host rotation thing, and we're not hearing anything out of the Aaron Rodgers camp, that's when I cash out. Because then the reason why I say I with your time frame, Rodgers is flat out noted last season he hasn't directly said it writings on the wall it's the contract this is it we need harry Rodgers right now the, the 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 timing is working that's why i ask i'm done i might say words no, I, I legitimately think that you hold on that option and you wait for the end of the season. And if the plan, if, if, if what I'm saying holds any bearing and based on the way some of these replacements have gone in the past, especially given the fact that here's, here's the one downside that I potentially see in all of this. Sony Pictures could actually do a legitimate Oh, God, here we go with legitimacy for a change. Uh, game show host replacement and do blind closed auditions that never see the light of day. If that happens, we have no idea who the hell is getting auditioned. Except if we 
manage to end up in a lucky focus group, and even then they make you sign gag orders. So good luck I mean, you be able to talk about it here. Look, I, I don't mind like not being on focus group, but we you've mentioned connections. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers has those kind of connections in Hollywood. Not you do I not don't think those uh, connections. Uh, have those either. I think if if Sony is going to do this legitimate and do it in earnest, which I think is what they're trying to do, we're gonna there's gonna be closed door auditions. There's gonna be closed door airings. You're gonna see a lot of dry Jeopardy runs with dummy contestants from staff. So basically for those since those happen to be like more of a wrestling nature. Think a lot of dark matches. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. We're gonna have a lot of. We're gonna have a lot of house shows. Yeah. For, for those of you for, who are wrestling fans, we're gonna have a. There's you. gonna be a lot of dark match house shows with these with these you know potential hosts. Oh, you got a whole nother freaking model over there. Stop. Not to mention, <laughs> you know it's weird, and I've been called out for this when I pull the wrestling references and get it right. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. No. Yes. There's going to be there's going to be there's going to be house shows that are not televised with dark matches to see who's going to get this gig. And if that happens, and that's Sony's way of doing this, we don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to get the nod. So you may not, you may not be able to sell out or cash out on that option as far away as as one might think. I mean, that's fair, and I get it, because the way they have it, if it's something that's, like, legitimate public knowledge, this is where they're going, then the bet's either live or gone. Yeah. As long as it's going, yeah. That's why it's like, I couldn't resist. I think Ken Jennings, at the time that I placed it, was a leader, oh, five to one, six to one-ish. Yeah, that, that's, I mean, he was great. Like I said, that's why he is a solid, if I, honestly, I could probably switch him and Cooper around and put Rodgers at a solid two and have Air, and have Anderson Cooper at three for me. Yeah, y'all are going to disagree with the with the Anderson Cooper pick. I know you are. Well, but uh, Mr. Jones, can you put me back on my spot? I've been moved. Oh, Um, you were saying about something of two and lung dudes of cashing in wrestling references. Yes, this is my money in the bank briefcase. You should probably put him on full screen for that. Oh, come on. That's the second time this podcast I've had to bust that thing out. I know. I know. I know. You mentioned cashing in. I had to, man. Set me up. But let me set up a question for later then. We lost Alex Trebek, yes. Johnny Gilbert will need a successor very soon, I hear. We're not done by any stretch of the imagination. More on that later. Yeah. If you're looking for John Nielsen here on socials, you can check GTA 2002 here on Twitch and Twitter. Uh, The Facebook's all for personal stuff. And more on that later. 
Mr. Watkins, let's wrap this thing up, please. We've been at this for two fucking hours. Yes, you have been indeed listening to Life is Like a Game Show, a presentation of the W2M Network online at w2mnet.com. What I am doing right now, especially if Brian will change his, what you will see on the screen, if for those of you watching, you're going to see our Twitter handles. Yes, Brian, you put yours up too, but as John mentioned, JTN2002, Twitter, Twitch, Facebook for personal people. You know me, at Squid Sports Head on Twitter. If you want my live tweets, some hot takes, whatever. You want to see me start Flame Wars, look up Eric Watkins on Facebook. Guy, wine, recliner, you have the idea. And if you want to know how to get to some of my other stuff, listen to the kickoff. I'm there. I'm on Soccer to the Max here on W2M Network, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch. You can't get rid of me that easily. I, I don't use my Twitter, but there it is. Um, I do uh, stream on Twitch, though. That that I'll I can update that as well. I am I do not have the same name for everything, unfortunately. I wish I had the same name for everything. Personal branding. Yeah, I've been working on that. Um, yes, I am LTCB2412 on Twitch. I stream on occasion. Um, I am at FWE producer on Twitter. Good luck if I ever post anything. Um, and yeah, that's, that's my socials. My, my Facebook's also private. So, uh, but alas, now you know where to find us again, for those of you watching live on Twitch, Highly appreciate it. Tell your friends, tell everybody, follow us. We got big things in the works. More stuff coming soon. Facebook, same thing. We love you. Subscribe on YouTube. Hit the bell if you're watching. Drop your comments. We will get to them. We will respond to them. In between shows, regrets for not seeing them live, but unfortunately, nature of the beast. But for those of you audio listeners, iHeartRadio iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Overcast, Podbean, Castbox. Hey, Eric, guess what? Is Spotify coming? Spotify is already here. Oh, shit. See? See, normally with all of that, we had to set up, and if Harry were here, that would have been a slam dunk. But forgive the first night jitters, all right? But in the meantime, for one, Jonathan Nielsen. For another, Brian Espinoza. I'm Eric Watkins. Always remember, have your executive producers spayed and neutered so we don't have to repeat this in the future. <laughs> and remember, life really is like a game show. See you next week. <laughs>